Welcome to Risky Thoughts with Rob and Roy. My name's Roy. And I'm Rob. And this is episode one, How to Listen. Um, so we are two guys. Um, we met about 10 years ago in university. And we have cultivated this relationship where we just love to talk. We love to talk about anything and everything. Nothing is off the tables. We're kind of like those old guys at a Tim Hortons just chatting away you know every city and every coffee shop you you see these kind of guys always kind of congregate and they're kind of quoting bible verses or philosophers or you know donald trump or politicians and it's kind of we try to embrace and participate in this kind of age-old tradition of talking Right. And not talking for the sake of talking, but talking to find the truth. It's funny because I think we actually would be sometimes viewed as socially awkward because the types of topics that we enjoy and we have a passion to discuss are not what you find in pop culture. They're not typically what you would find in like the social element. But I think that they're far more interesting conversations. They're far more meaningful conversations. And I think that we certainly um, have developed a knack for finding the truth in, in the discussion points that we bring to the table. So, Finding truth. And a part of finding the truth and even talking... Um, is listening. Is listening. That is the better half of talking, listening. And we want to be very careful in how we give you the listeners the instruction on how to listen to us you know we will say provocative things and we know listeners who listen for the sake of just rebuttaling for no reason and just um wanting to be right and you know in essence wanting to be right we come to this kind of podcast looking to be wrong right yeah. and uh it's, it's quite the challenge for me I, I I have a very bad habit, or at least I should say I had a very bad habit. I am certainly getting better through the means of our conversations at just trying to listen and not always be right. Because I am definitely the guy <laughs> that people just fucking hate at the end of a conversation because I just argue for the sake of arguing to be right. Yeah. You know, but I find that when you and I talk, and especially when we talk about things that are a little bit deeper, I have a much more likely probability of truly listening to what you have to say and i don't mind being wrong because i think our conversations do end up being far more successful and there's something that is yielded at the end of the conversation that we can both take away and it's completely contrary to my typical fashion of just like finding holes and being like this is why you're wrong this is why you're wrong and therefore this is why i'm right you know what i mean like i i don't know i i this is what I perceive from our conversations and how they differ from my typical conversations on a daily basis. Fair enough. And I hope that there are others out there that are just like me. And I'm sure there are a ton of people who would listen to this and they would think of somebody in their life that is 100% that guy. Um, I am that guy out of us, out of us, out of the two of us sitting here. <laughs> and I hope that someone can laugh and smile when they think of that person as I'm describing how I am as an individual and how difficult I'm sure I am to talk to on a normal basis. But, uh, right. So I'll let you carry on, Roy. So like, you're definitely giving yourself a lot, a lot less credit in your description of your, 
I guess, arguing style or even talking or listening or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, you are actually a lot more open than you think you are, right? And it, one of these kind of crucial elements is being open. Um, you know, I could start talking about the universe and quantum theory and, you know, we can, you know, most often not, you guys probably have conversations like this at home, maybe not about the universe or physics or um, politics, but there's always this leap of faith that you are taking in the other person's points that they're bringing up, right? Uh, because at the end of the day, um, at least one of you need to be looking for the truth, right? So when with our conversations, there's been many a times where you're really testing a theory, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You know, I was, um, well, I'm currently in this kind of, I get ideologically possessed very easily, right? And I'm in this David Goggins mentality and it's getting me results. I'm kind of leveraging this kind of go hard and running. I, I, you know, I, I never thought I could run 8K. I, you know, I was 230 pounds. Like I've never ran, you know what I mean? But I started running and I'm using that kind of, ideology to push me forward but you know i was talking to rob and you know he kind of really critiqued every point of it but you know once again it's you you're coming to the table and you're listening um in the aims to be wrong right you want to be wrong because that's how you pivot and correct and you get a more refined, refined um perspective on the world right you know we're coming onto this planet we're trying to carve out meaning uh, of the things around us and you know you want to get it right right well look it's a very it's an age-old process right like you said it predates today's yeah you know era where everybody is sort of technologically communicating and nobody's truly talking anymore no you know it's all about and I mean, this is true for where we live. I think it's more true anyways where we live. Yeah. I think there are other parts of the world that may be far more connected on a social level in terms of not technologically socially connected, but in a talking connected sense, mm -hmm. you know, where people really truly are, are listening. They're very good listeners here. We're terrible listeners. I think overall yeah. North Americans are just, you know, we're always too eager to jump the gun, too eager to move on to the next thing. So we have a hard uh, a very hard time really truly digesting conversation so but but what i was trying to say from the beginning of this is that this is a very age-old idea of dialoguing communicating listening um and being open to being wrong and it's funny because in religion and i'm not necessarily a religious person although as i'm getting older i'm finding myself to let's say i would disagree with my younger self more right. let's put it that way uh, but that all aside, I think one of the fundamentals that they teach you in religion, I'm pretty sure this is true for most religions, from what at least from what I've learned in my world religions class many, many moons ago in high school, um, they require you to test your faith. Mm. You're always being told to test your faith, question it, you know, dig deeper, doubt it, doubt yourself, doubt mm. the beliefs that you have, you know, put them to the test to some degree and the whole purpose of it is to reinforce a more accurate representation of what you perceive to be true in the sense of, you know, your religious mm -hmm. beliefs. And I think it's very much alike to what you're describing now mm -hmm. with respect to when you walk into a conversation, you walk into a conversation with the ambition of being right, 
uh, it's no different than the person who's blindly going to believe in something and never even question its fundamentals, hmm. right? You can't be that person. You can't, you, there's no way for you to grow. There's no opportunity for your brain to actually absorb um, the information around it and make an educated decision on what your belief system is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the conversations that we have really do is that mm-hmm. you and I will approach each other and we may be feeling something you know, uh, it could be about anything. In in a more recent situation with our conversation, you had an incident with a woman, right? Mm-hmm. You had a relationship that had some troubles. It came to an end. Um, and you then developed a belief system, from my perspective anyways, mm-hmm. about all women, yeah. right? And you started to have this image of what women were like and how ruthless they are and how it's... You know, they can make these decisions that'll just fucking run you over as a guy. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter. They don't think about the consequences. And when we started that conversation, it was, you know, it, I guess you can say it was sort of like a you getting shit off your chest and just talking to me. Yeah. Uh, and then as we kind of progressed through the conversation, I think, you know, we kind of realized and recognized that, look, Men are just as ruthless, you know, men make just as shitty decisions and it just gives you an opportunity to really take a step back. And that's the whole point of having a conversation. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to go up to somebody and hear their side Mm -hmm. of the story Mm -hmm. because it's just a different angle than the one that you've heard. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie. It was a movie used to be, it was called Vantage Point. Did you ever watch this movie? No. So the movie was like eight different people witnessing an assassination of a president. And so the whole purpose of the movie was for you to see the incident from the eight angles Mm. and see how twisted the story can be from one perspective. Yes. So, you know, like the person, number one, for example, would be like, oh, this is where the shooter must have been. That's who it had to be. And like from their perspective, when they when you see the movie through their lens, it seems logical. It's like that actually makes sense. But then you see vantage point two and vantage point three and vantage point four. And once you combine all eight vantage points, again, it's not eight. I don't remember. This movie's a long, it's a very old movie. I haven't seen it in a very long time. But once you combine the, the collective image from all eight vantage points, yeah. you have a much more refined understanding of the truth. Right? And I think it's a very good representation of how conversations will bring you to the same place. Yeah. Um, dissecting. And just taking a step back here, mm-hmm. um, a lot of what you did in that breakup phase um, was that you were you you were actually leveraging empathy to listen to me, mm-hmm. right? So you're listening to me, and you're like, okay, he's probably feeling this, he's probably feeling that, he's probably feeling that, and only when you're there you can provide the talker. Um, words that he'll kind of understand right um and feeling at that moment right um even identifying with those current ideologies because these are um we've mentioned already two ideologies here you know this idea of MGTOW right you know like this kind of resent towards women and this is all their fault but you know then the David Goggins right but when we're talking about it we're able by listening and using by active listening, right? And using empathy and logic, you know, we were able to kind of shift and disprove um, a lot of these ideas and that, you know, a lot of these ideas just kind of that were wrong with my thinking, uh, it kind of all laid within myself, 
right? It's like, you know, um, the hatred I had, or like this not hatred, you know, that's a very strong word, but the resent I had towards, you know, all women mm-hmm. going through like uh, a major breakup, you know, um, it was actually just a resent towards myself, you know, uh, but anyways, we'll definitely get into those like that, those kind of nuanced stories later. But once again, you know, you, you leverage like empathy and logic. So we're talking about like how to listen at the end of the day. Right. And those are two very important elements that you must, um, you know, Im- embody when you're coming into like a discussion or any mm-hmm. sort of talk right if we're if we're talk if we are using too much logic then we're kind of missing the boat right because the idea is like why are we talking in the first place like why are we talking in the first place this is a question like we, we, you know we haven't covered yet and uh what's your opinion on that like why do we even talk in the first place you know you saying you and I, or are you just saying people in general? I think people in general, people, you know, um, maybe, and maybe even just, you can compare it to the, why we talk. We, 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 we've kind of been very clear. We, we talk to find some truth about the, like our life yeah. and existence, but. Well, I don't think that communication started from the necessity to find truth. I think no. uh, maybe in some way you could actually say that it technically was, but I think the whole purpose of initial, you know, signs of communication were to signal information. You mm-hmm. were relaying information that was pertinent to the physical atmosphere that you were living in. So, for example, if there was danger, right, for a person that was in the proximity of someone that you would have associated as a, um, let's call it a partner for survival, mm-hmm. you know, in the days when it was all about just surviving, I think you needed to learn to communicate, to say, hey, watch out, there's a fucking animal behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, keep your head up. Um then there was, you know, communication about like, I'm hungry, you know, communicating a desire or a need that would help preserve the, the, your, your life that would help keep you alive. I think these are the, the fundamentals behind the original signs of communication. And these are kinds of communication that even a dog has. Mm-hmm. You step on a dog's foot, he's going to, he's going to bark or he's going to make a fucking really high pitched noise mm-hmm. because you're hurting him. Uh, and that vocal, that vocalization of that pain is just the representation of the physical environment hmm. i think things certainly evolved obviously into far more complex reasons for communicating we are definitely not just physical creatures we are far more sophisticated than that there's a lot of emotional well-being and social well-being that needs to be maintained in order for our um i guess our bodies and minds to sort of to have this cohesion that allows us to continue to survive uh, happily and healthily Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think once we got to a stage where we started involving, you know, emotion and the requirement to bond with another person in order to better our chances of survival, mm-hmm. uh, we started developing the necessity to communicate on a different level. Mm-hmm. And we definitely made it more, far more difficult to listen. See, the communicating on the vocalizing part, I think, was easier. I think it's the listening part that was very challenging as we evolved because it's very easy and instinctual. Like mm-hmm. that dog screaming when you stepped on his foot, it doesn't have to think about that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like instinct. It's a reflex. Yeah. It, it makes noise because there's problem. Uh, just like when there's an animal attacking, you make noise out of necessity. It's just a, it's a reflex. Okay, so I guess 
like that, then my question was wrong and then I, I don't want to ask why do we talk because that, that that's an exact answer like you know it's to communicate information my kind of quarrel here is that there are so many different little spheres of knowledges and perspectives all over the internet mm-hmm. you know you know MGTOW and this go hard stay hard type of stuff that's just two of maybe like hundreds well, endless of thousands amounts. Of, yeah sure. and endless amounts right uh, I do think they're finite um, but my question is like there are people out there who will talk and kind of put down other perspectives right um, and I, I feel they do this because a they want to kind of make sure that their perspective is the right perspective and I'm kind of doing the little quotations there um, and they'll defend it with their life you know um, I am of the opinion that that's not good right uh, in a sense f- for truth finding because you get stuck in that you're like, putting yourself in a box right? you're putting yourself in a box and that you know you're, you're kind of subscribing to all those rules and you're um, and, and like you know, if in my opinion if you are part of the whole MGTOW like it is a very resentful thing Right. Mm-hmm. Only now I start. I'm starting to watch some videos that they're actually trying to get out of this whole hate hating. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to look for how do we? Um, because right now the reality is there is a kind of like a, man, the relationship between men and women in Western societies is definitely in flux. Right? Like we're we're in that like that dialectic, and it's sh- the pendulum is sh- is shifting. Right? And yeah. we are just unfortunately, you know, in that flux and things are going to be chaotic and things are going to be wrong right and people are trying to come up with different perspectives but you know certain perspectives i've noticed when i get kind of into one of them like they're not they don't provide me with that emotional homeostasis there's obviously that little bit of resent or a little bit of confusion or whatever it is but the point is like the person who's on the other side of this kind of podcast listening um, I want to give them some sort of like like a string of words for them to understand that you know we're all subject to this kind of these different perspectives and I want to make sure that they are open enough mm-hmm. to accept the things that we're saying rather than just kind of beat it down you know? so would you would you say that in order to be a good listener or in order yeah. to productively listen yeah that is that synonymous with being open or is it is being open just one element of many criteria that define a true good listening session okay cuz now i mean we're getting very technical and yeah. we're really trying to See, what we're ultimately getting to now, Roy, is what we normally do with our conversations. Yeah. We start with this huge, wide yeah. spectrum of conversation, and then it finally narrows itself down to what the real question that Absolutely. we're trying to ask is. And I think that real question is exactly what we started the podcast and titled it, which is how to listen. Yeah. And I think we need to now qualify the metrics that define what good listening is. Yeah. So I think that my opinion is that openness is definitely one. Mm-hmm. You have to be open-minded. Yeah. You cannot go into a conversation thinking that you have the answer. Right. It is absolutely unproductive for both yeah. parties. 
I think number two is you have to be able to take the information that's being told to you. This is a very, it's going to sound really stupid and simple, mm. but you truly have to listen. Like when someone's talking to you, don't just let it be lips moving and noise mm -hmm. coming out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. You have to take their information, process the, what their information is yeah. telling you, yeah. uh, and then derive some form of a, um, you know, so, you so can call you, it like a, a... You have to decode what yes. they're saying. Like decoding is a in huge part of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you have to decode that accurately. So it's just like when you hear certain words like MGTOW, if I say the word MGTOW, like it can be very easily misunderstood that just because Roy said MGTOW, Roy's part of MGTOW, mm -hmm. we hate him. And then, you, you know, you, you have to be very careful of even attaching the connotations, you know, to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, because we're looking for the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to say provocative things, hence the name Risky Thoughts, right? But they're not really that risky. You know, they may be seemed and perceived as risky. Well, that's just it. It's about yeah. perception. It's about perception. And right? I think that is the third piece of the puzzle, which yeah. is not only do you have to hear what they're saying, you need to hear what they're saying from their perspective. Mm -hmm. See, a perfect example of this is I'm married, you know, for the audience. You don't know who Rob is. I'm married. Uh, I have a child. But the most important part of this is that I'm married. And for anybody out there who is married listening to this, uh, I'm sure there is certainly been a time in your life and your relationship where you've had a disagreement with your partner. I think it's obviously a very common thing. Nobody goes through relationship, mm -hmm. you know, in a fairy tale sense. There's always going to be tough times. And, you know, very recently, my wife and I have had a few disagreements that kind of got a little bigger than what I thought they were. Mm -hmm. um, and the reality was, like, you know, she would say something to me that would indicate that she was having a level of frustration that derived from some of my actions or my lack of actions or whatever mm -hmm. the case is. And my initial response, because this is the paradigm I live in, this is the, this is the lens I see things through, is always from a very practical perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh... Um, this is not an exact example, but she may say something like, oh, you didn't cut the grass. You said you were going to cut the grass, mm -hmm. right? And I'm looking at it from a practical standpoint saying, well, whether I cut the grass yesterday mm -hmm. or I cut the grass tomorrow, yeah. it's not going to change my life. It's not going to change her life. It's not going to change my son's life. Right. It's an irrelevant point. Like, yeah. what is the problem here? Like, mm -hmm. why is it such a big deal? The problem is I didn't hear that message yeah. through her lens. And her lens, it wasn't even about the grass being cut. She didn't give a shit whether the grass was mm -hmm. cut or not. The perspective that she was saying it from was that you're not standing up to the things that you say you're going to do. Yes. And you're not executing yeah. on those promises. Yeah. They may be insignificant, some of them. Yeah. Some of them are far more significant. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, the perspective that she has of me as an individual, mm -hmm. like from a high level, mm -hmm. is that this person is not a person of integrity. He doesn't yeah. stand up for yeah. what he believes in. Yeah. He doesn't live by the words that he speaks. Yeah, man. You know, and, and I did not see it from that perspective when she said specifically, because that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yes, I heard her say that I didn't cut the grass. What yeah. I didn't really truly hear yeah. was you're not doing what you say you're going to do. Oh, 100%. It's... Um, because we're males mm -hmm. and we did like engineering and math and sciences, you know, things are all kind of spelled out. There's no need for like a poetic, 
approach to it where yes. uh, we have to analyze the author, right? And, you know, once again, this is all going back to, and we can just sum it up for simplicity, empathy, right? We need to understand the who is delivering this message to us, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not saying anything, you know, we're not saying they're less analytical or not. It's just um, people are going to use their own language that they are comfortable with mm -hmm. right um and you know us as guys you know you know in locker not locker room talk but when we're talking we're, we're always talking about our girlfriends and i was i'm the same way like you know we, I, there were some rails that they bought at home depot and i didn't put up the rails for almost like a year you know there's just one little section left and she's just like she kept asking 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 and it's the same thing it's just like you said you're gonna do it you're not gonna do it you know and uh we have to take the step personally rather than blame and say you're not articulate enough you're not this you know what i mean there's a whole plethora of people out there who don't value the, what we do how we talk mm -hmm. right and they're surviving you know what i mean so who's to say which way is better right we're not even talking about that we're just saying that different people are going to communicate differently right and mm -hmm. you know it is our kind of job to decode the message number one like the actual content of it but then also to understand the author of who's ever talking right mm -hmm. um and to and that requires empathy right so when you're listening to us and obviously right now you don't know too much about me and rob so you know it's hard to hear where we're coming from. yeah yeah it's hard to understand where we're really coming from but we are being we're trying to be as articulate as we possibly can here um that's just a little bit of a kind of synopsis of like how to listen. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I, I think there's one thing I do want to say, uh, given this is our first episode and we have to improve obviously on our ability to, you know, deliver a reasonable product for podcasting purposes. But I think ultimately where we tried to start this thing off was we just wanted to be able to have a conversation with each other, mm -hmm. put a microphone in front of us, yeah, you know, and, and allow that to be the product. And yeah. obviously, we are doing that to some degree. But at the same time, I think you and I are both cognizant that there's a microphone in front of us. Mm -hmm. We are both cognizant of the fact that this may go out to the public and people are going to listen to it. So it is kind of shifting the dynamic of our conversations. Maybe we're not as, um, I don't know, efficient in our ways of discussing things when we have the microphone in front of us. I think that'll get better with time. Uh, so I just want people to understand that, you know, this being our first opportunity at making a product that delivered to the public, um, don't judge us based on that alone. Right. But hopefully you are able to, you know, listen and hear, you know, the way that Roy and I try to communicate and think through our conversations and end up at a place where we both feel comfortable that we've found an answer to a given question, you know, through the mechanisms of communicating, you know, I would call this via the Socratic method, right? Just talking about it and questioning each other. We didn't do a lot of questioning each other on this particular topic. No, but. because we're just trying to establish, like, you know, uh, well, essentially, I think I wanted to lead this into a, an area of like, um, what's the value proposition here? Like, what, 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 what does the like the listener get out of our discussions and our kind of arguments and our, you know analysis or psychoanalysis of our experiences and our decision making and our perspectives like what's what's what what do you think they get out of this like you know 
Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I mean, we won't be able to answer it. Only they will. Yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, like, you know, we're not promising anything here, but uh, we're definitely... I can tell you just from our own experience that they are these conversations are extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Like, for me at least, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, hopefully, once again, that you can take this out to your own life. You know, there's been many people where I've come in contact, family and friends where I've kind of benefited them with like just trying to be a little bit more empathetic and just how to listen, Mm -hmm. providing that skill just by leading by example. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Well, I I hope, you know, we kind of did somewhat do our little thing where we go on tangents somewhere in between there. We talked about a number of different things and I think some of them can actually be their own (laughs) episode where we can talk completely Mm -hmm. about, you know, um, communicating with your wife or something like that um but i think ultimately you know it's uh the purpose of these things as you've described is that ultimately we want someone out there to be able to take our conversations and perhaps hear something that sounds similar to an ex- uh, an experience mm-hmm. that they've gone through or mm-hmm. are going through and perhaps you know maybe learn from some of our mistakes because part of the, our conversations is that we will discuss actions that we have taken, actions that we think we should take, all this kind of stuff, uh, and then start with, you know, a set of circumstances and what the results are based on our actions. And hopefully those experiences and those actions will yield something positive for somebody out there and, you know, um, save them some trouble, you know, that we that we put ourselves through. Yep. So I guess that's episode one. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you we'll very see much. See you next time.